You're listening to part two of a conversation between Scott Jacobson, a lover of bands and a maker of music videos, and Tamara Federici, producer of every band ever, already in progress. A band for me that I could never get into in high school when, you know, I knew people who are actually into them. Uh, I didn't really appreciate them until maybe it was just a few years ago, uh, is The Cure. And they they sort of tower over a lot of these other 80 bands. They are 80s bands. They are, some would say, probably the quintessential like 80s alternative band. Um, and they're kind of fascinating because they're a little bit schizophrenic in, in terms of just like they have the, the poppy songs are the poppiest things you've ever heard. And then, the, but they really, their bread and butter, these like long, um, gothy dirges, and those are great too, um, but they almost like for me they almost come across listening to a, an album like Pornography as like the Grateful Dead of goths, where they could just they can go on and on and on, and it's kind of a cool flavor, but it can get overwhelming. But I mean, I'm just like I you I I, I haven't talked to you about it yet. Obviously, did you have you ever? cross paths with those guys sure they're actually i mean these people that you're mentioning are all people that i have good um memories of working with instead of like sometimes you get really weird memories or like the police it was weird like other things it's kind of like uh not the best news but these guys are all like like robbie smith is is fantastic he's he's like like you're saying he's just like it's a special goth moment like it's it's happy, you know, it's happy songs for sad people. Wow. So you call him Robbie? Yeah. I mean, that's, he prefers to be called Robbie. Um, first of all, you said that it was weird working with the police. Could you tell me? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't mean to, you don't have to. I don't mean to pride. I, I don't want you to tell tales out of school, but the, was it They're just difficult. I mean, it was Sting, but it was all of them. Like, um, synchronicity that was like literally... <laughs> like ghost in the machine is about uh sting believing that there is a ghost in a matte classic too like that is legitimately wow. not that's wow. how it worked yeah so it's not a <laughs> metaphor wow no it's he thought there he just thought there were ghosts in max so but he was also difficult he was just really you know it's not a joke that he was riding it on a horse, <laughs> you know, like he was riding, a, he's riding a horse into the recording studio. And then at one point I just, we had to get down into like, uh, you know, don't, I gave them all sticks and it was like, instead of yelling at each other, just, you know, like maybe lightly poke each other and then let's get back to business. And it was just a poke They were so, it was so ridiculous. I can't. Well, that's a, I see what you were going for. And I th think that's interesting. That's why you, you, you're a sought after producer is because you found other ways to channel their energy. Um, and you were probably trying to channel some of that energy back towards the music. Right. And the sticks were just kind of a point on the journey. Yeah. They have, they have so much energy uh, that you have to well, get it to go somewhere having, without that, it exploding. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I know you're, are you, are you referencing his tantric, adventures where he, he he's he's a known practicer of the the tantric arts where you delay you know orgasm um in in your sexual experiences so as not to i think lose i think part of it is that you don't want to lose that energy um so it's funny that you mentioned that 
he was already kind of showing some tantric tantric like uh, uh, qualities in even even back in the old police days. I really like to just separate the work work from the music. Yeah. <laughs> the, tantr- no, no, the tantrums. That's what I was saying. Oh, tantrums. Okay. <laughs> tantrums. Oh, that's t- oh, interesting. Not so the tantrums. Tantra and tantrums. Or maybe the hmm. right. Yeah, maybe it's both that makes makes up the man. Yeah, oh, this is already fascinating, and I'm learning like <laughs> he's half tantra, half tantrum. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, but I don't want to get too much far too into the police because yeah, I I would say don't them. forget synch synchro. God, what is that? Synchronicities. I think it's synchronicities, tantra, and and tantrums. Synchronicities. <laughs> that he that. I only did a day on and left. <laughs> that was his, he did, um, he did orchestral, uh, orchestral parts to synchronicity and some other songs that he had done. He called it symphonicities. That doesn't sound, yeah, that, I, I, I'm with you. I think that would be bad. Um, so, but, but the cure. Sure. Um, yeah. What can I tell you? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the head on the door is my, my favorite of their albums and it's not the one with the necessarily the biggest hit. Um, you know, it's got in between days, it's got close to me. Um, you know, it's got some of the dirgier stuff, but I think just it balances the moods a little bit better. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I want to, I just want to know what it was like to make a, uh, an album that I think shows the cure uh, doing at their very peak, doing everything that they do well together. Yeah, at their peak, I actually told him to channel his inner sixth grade girl and that that was going to be the best way to get out this type of an angst uh, and gothiness was to go straight into what that might have been like. And uh, so he journaled and like in a, a scented diary for, you know, during that peak time. Do you remember so the scent? He thought he was... I do, but I don't I'm know sorry, how to describe I'm a, I'm a it. It's super um, fan, and so I ask these questions. No, 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 no. It's gonna with you, and I want to smell the diary. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's sort of like a strawberry shortcake type of. Wow. If you know that, yeah, yeah I can totally yeah, conjure that. It's that, and he also does the uh, his cues. His capital Q's are uh, those twos, those curly Q twos. Oh, I can. So I know exactly. Went, yes, yes. Yeah, he went hard into it, and that. But I feel like you can hear that in the music. It was more about channeling him as a lead singer into uh you know the first heartaches and the first um oh my feeling like you're gonna die for all this stuff and you know i made a slam book for them and i made them all right in it and uh you know they got a little emotional and but i think that helped them come together as a band for robbie and others so when you yeah there's a there's a song in the album called the baby screams when you, so you're going through the track list. I don't know. Sometimes did that maybe strike to me? It seems almost too on the nose as a cure title. How, how is it, is it tough not to, to veer into like self parody when you're, when you're working with, with a genius like that, who, you know, he, he does so much. Well, so much of what he does is great, but then every once in a while he tips over just a little bit into, you know, the, the not great. 
How do you? Yeah, I guess I, all I'm asking is, as a producer, it's your job to keep him from tipping. And how do you do that in this case? I let him tip sometimes. You let him tip because you, yeah, you can't stop him. You just have to gauge that most of the time it's going to work, and every once in a while he's going to go too far, and then you're just going to have to hope that that doesn't show up on the album. And sometimes it does. Yeah, I guess it did. So the next album, uh, some one, a few of their biggest hits was on it. It's Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. I'm, I'm sure that, like you know, Just Like Heaven, I believe, is on this one. Huge. It was a double yeah. album. They were really swinging for the fences. They were poised. Even though I, some would argue that their big breakthrough wasn't this one. It was Wish. You know, this this is a beloved album. And um, and they also have some of their kind of I don't know real excursions like Love Cats you know and uh, it, it just shows a lot of different sides of the band that I think people didn't know about and I just want you to walk me through like as a producer of a double album and you're de- you're dealing with all this abundance like how do you marshal it how do you how do you again I think I'm I'm wondering with a band like this just is there any steering of the ship or do you just let them go. All right, so we put every song on that album onto a uh, a cootie catcher, and then we would actually we would do one of those know, things that uh, you play with in school. That's uh, right. It's paper. You have to lift up. Uh, like you know, amateur uh, origami. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yes. Right. Catcher. So, right. So we would choose the song that we were going to work on that day based on the cootie catcher. Um, you know, and from that we would work from there, and it was sort of we would see how far we could get in a week. Um, the one, I guess, the, you know, um, Just Like Heaven was such a big hit and it was, it's so happy for being uh, Robbie. You know what I mean? It's sort of, you know, he's a master at emotional moodiness and that particular song, I feel like it feels really good yeah. in a way that Friday I'm in Love was uh, fake. That one sounds kind of real. Um, oh, interesting. You're taking a swing at did, did you produce? <clears throat> I did. I did, but I don't I know why we did that. <laughs> but that was for more commercial reasons and this was more like him kind of playing to his strengths. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I mean like the thing I liked about uh the other one Kiss Me Kiss Me Kiss Me, I think I think the magic about that wasn't in how we were producing it. It was that you know, teens added the goth to their name. Like all of a sudden we had Ned the goth. And I feel like a lot of that, like the addition of like the goth is based on the power of how popular these songs got. So even though he never, I don't think he ever says goth in his music ever. No, he never specifically has a song. He's not like, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. He he doesn't self-identify as goth. We kind of fill that in in our memories. It's one of those things where it's right. Um, yeah, we did. If someone were to ask me, does does Robert Smith have a song where he sings about being goth, and and does he does he use the word goth? I would say absolutely, of course he does. Right, but but when that's when, too when far. When you're really pointing it out. I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. He uh, right. That would have been tipping too far. So like okay, that baby, right. that so baby thing that you're, you're like. I'm seeing how you marshal these like creative forces. That's interesting. Now, uh, Friday, I'm in love. I. I, I have to come back to that. It's one of their biggest hits. And you just kind of like, you, you just wait. I it don't. Off. Is, I, mean, I do. It might be modesty too. It might be something that, that you know. I'm not Is it your favorite hit? It's not your favorite hit. 
it's not my favorite it. I appreciate he worked every day of the weekend. There aren't a lot of songs where you could that you can say that about. Um, I, I think it's in like it's a it's a success lyrically and certainly melodically. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm I'm kind of I, I'm chasing down a lead here. It just feels like you maybe have there's some personal reason you don't like that song. I don't think there's a lot of uniqueness compared to the early parts. Like it's 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 not pictures of you. It's not like you know. It's it feels very um, by the book for a group that is. Um, more playful than this. Okay. Um, but this All right, is I'm what not going to tell. I, I, I can tell that maybe, maybe I touched a nerve. I don't know. I don't want to go too deep. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's your, you know, like you have to shepherd what the band wants, unless you absolutely are like, this will ruin your career yeah. and that's not going to ruin their career. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did amazing work with them and boys don't cry. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's going way, way back in their discography. I'm sure you had nothing to do with that. No, that was something I, you know, like we were cultivating like a, like me. a beta guys anthem. So even though it sounds like it's about alpha dudes being tough, it's actually about like just beta you're guys not crying. I'm tough. crying. Wow. Right. <laughs> that right there is an insight that I because I always thought, yeah, it's about it's OK to be. To cry, even if Tough you're and a cry. cool, strong guy, which most people who listen to the song no. probably think that they're that. They're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I could show, you know, wear my emotions on my sleeve a little bit more. But you're telling me it was actually, they're like, it was just a portrait of a, of a weenie. Yeah. Well, I would, I'm saying this is Strawberry Shortcake telling you that he's, he's, you know, that he's trying to not cry, but he's crying. And also that's what is great about this band. That's amazing. Yeah, when you talk about this stuff, it's, I, I'm, I swear I can smell the strawberry shortcake. Like I'm like right there with Robert. I'm seeing his thought process and seeing his curly, you know, bubble letters. It's amazing. Right. It makes <laughs> it's so weird. It makes sense with everything, but it's it's true. I mean, I can I I do want to say something about pictures of you. Is I feel like the cool thing that he did there was he like there's this really long intro into it. And you already know something's happened and all, something's also gone wrong before you even hear the first uh, wails of angstiness. Like you already, right. it's sort of like, you're not sure, but you already, like the way that the tones that they used for that song. Um, and that was all, you know, that was all them. That was, that was getting them into that second studio on that one. But, um, but that was all that. I, I mean, I think that's a really cool thing people don't understand about The Cure is that they musically can be defeated emotionally. <laughs> there could be hope and then sadness and then your song starts. And I feel like that's really unique and so curie. Yeah, that you really takes you on a on a on a on a journey. Um and you feel like really by the end of the intro you're like, okay, I've had enough song. I'm good. And then then the song really starts and you're like, what? Like that wasn't even I've already been on a journey and now the, you're telling right. me the journey begins here. Right. It's like, now I'm going to fill you in on what happened between the opening opening and the end of the opening. I mean, you have to be the cure to pull something like that off. I don't think the police could do it. I don't think so either. They'd just be poking each other. <laughs> exactly. Tune in next week for part three. Scott Jacobson is an executive producer on Bob's Bear Girls, which is entering its 13th season on Fox.
and Tamara Federici is still a golden god. The editor is Will Velasquez, the audio engineer is Clark Jackson. For updates, or to suggest a band, go to every band ever on Instagram. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Slap it, flip it, rub it down, oh no. The girl is gonna do me.